Exegesis. Hello and welcome to Countdown to Exegesis, a podcast about Steely Dan. My name is Andrew, and if I was a famous waltz, I would be the Blue Dan Noob, because I'm a newbie to the Dan, and I'm a bit blue about it. I'm joined as ever by the uh, cheerful, bearded presence of Mr. Oliver Piper. Ollie, how are you this evening? I'm so tired. Mm. So today um, we are attempting to uh, talk about Through With Buzz, uh, which is track seven. Something like that. Yeah, on Pretzel Logic. And I believe uh, the shortest song in the Steely Dan catalogue. Well, there goes the only thing I had to say. That was your only song fact? No, that's not true. I had a, I've got a couple more. Mm. Yeah, I would say mercifully brief. <laughs> I'm not, not going to get into that now. I, I was, I'm not going to get into that now because I'm still not sure what I think about this song. Mm. 14 years later. Yeah. And I've got about an hour and 10 minutes to discover what I think about this song. Yeah, well, it's going to be one hell of a ride. Mm. Um, we'll and listeners, we're so glad to have you along for that ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about Through With Buzz Through With Buzz mm. um, was the B-side to the Ricky Don't Lose That Number single Okay, uh, one could argue that that's its uh, natural home uh, as a B-side as a B-side mm. uh, as you said it's the shortest Steely Dan song um, it's one of only two Steely Dan songs I believe with strings mm-hmm. the other being FM uh, right FM is coming up in a while. Uh, I assume it was orchestrated by Jimmy Haskell. Um, do you remember him? I feel like he's come up before. Mm, I don't remember Haskell. He arranged the strings, I believe, on "If You Leave Me Now" by Chicago. Oh, really? I'm sure that's a nice. That's that a song nice before. song. No, we, I don't think we have, but that is a nice one. That's the one that sounds like the Beach Boys, right? If you leave me now, and take away the biggest yeah, yeah, yeah. part of me. I've never really. Uh, made the link between that and the Beach Boys but yeah I guess it does His ham-fisted exegesis in last month's Vanity Fair made me cringe What else is there to say? Does it does it surprise you that there's not a lot of information out there about this song? Um, no, no and it's kind of a hard song to formulate an opinion about as well Becca doesn't like it. Oh, yeah. What did he say? Becca doesn't like anything. You know, a f- few things that Becca likes. It'd be surprising if he did. Mm. Um, he said, the less said about that one, the better, I think. Right. Um, uh, and then covers. There's only one cover that I'm aware of, which is Philip Frobos. <laughs> he He's in the band Omni. Oh, um, I know Omni. Do you? Yeah, they're like a contemporary post-punk band, aren't they? I didn't listen to them or hear about about them, but he has recently, as in within the last 12 months, released mm-hmm. a solo album called Vague Enough to Satisfy, mm-hmm. uh, and that has a chintzy and wobbly version of Through With Buzz on it. Enjoyably chintzy and wobbly, and in fact, the whole album is a sort of thrift shop synth section extravaganza in the okay. best possible way. I did listen to at least 40% of it, and enjoyed it very much. So, small recommendation. Mm, that's good. Um, what do you mean I think by... You, I think you would prefer his uh, his version of Through With Buzz as well. 
Mm. So do check that out. Okay. What do you mean by chintzy? When I think of chintzy, I think of like old neck curtains and uh, like like the the interior decor of an old people's home. Yeah, a little of that. Um, it, a little like it, it's it's a bit it's a bit dated. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got a kind of vibe. If you imagine you go to a working men's club, mm. as we have in this country, and there's a crooner who gets on stage. But he's just he's just starting a demo on a on a Casio. Mm. But he's going to go up and seriously croon some songs and not and not be aware of any kind of ironic tension there whatsoever. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, of course, Forobos, I assume, is aware of the ironic tension, and but he, but he does interesting things within those parameters, mm. including lots of rubby rubby notes, mm-hmm. as uh, as our friend Don says. Yeah, yeah. So. When did uh, when did you last do karaoke? Um, uh, at least seven years ago, I would say. Mm-hmm. What song did you do? Uh, I think I attempted a version of some Come and Eileen song. No, some sorry, some Dexter Midnight Runner song. I'm not sure if it was Come and Eileen. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, because on a good day, I can do a pretty good Kevin Rowland impression. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, him being of Dexter Midnight Runners, in case yeah, that yeah. wasn't obvious. Uh, and Beyonce's but, Beyonce's bandmate, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He he had a he had a late uh, <laughs> second wind, a late career, second wind um, as as an American woman. Uh, but it turns out that actually, if I'm faced with a karaoke machine hmm. and a song in a key, hmm. it becomes rapidly apparent that the key that I do my impression in is not the true key of the song. Yeah. So it was a bit of an embarrassing mess, really. How about you? When do you last do karaoke? Well, the last time I, I've only done it once in my life, um, and it was when I was about fourteen, and it was some kind of school trip. I don't know where we went or why, but I just remember me and a guy in my year. Uh, I think it was called Greg. We got up and did um, because I got high by um, what's he called Method Man? No, no Method, Method Man. No Method Man's from uh, Wu Tang Clan, isn't he? Yeah. What's um, <laughs> Because I got high, I can't actually remember. You know, it's like I was gonna go to work. It was Afro Man, Afro Man, Afro Man. Who, who then, much much later on, um, there's this horrible footage of him attacking a woman on stage. It's really unpleasant. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, really horrible. But anyway, my main memory of doing this karaoke was that one of the lines is, so it's like I was gonna go to school, but then I got high. I was gonna do my tax return, and then I got high blah 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 mm. and then it's like now I'm jacking off and I know why because I got high and uh, I just remember doing the wanker sign on the line about um, now I'm jacking off and feeling very very risque mm. it was exciting okay. for me okay so people also ask on Google is because I got high a true story would you like to know the answer to that uh, I mean by definition it's not a story it may, really, is it? It may have it's, an implied narrative of, it's a collection of. I think you're wrong. Tiny Ollie. anecdotes. No, I think that the doesn't it mount like the 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 jeopardy mounts as the song goes oh, on. So it's like been at, a the, long time. at the beginning, it's just like I was gonna, I don't know, I was gonna um, play Rush my PlayStation, dishes. yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. by the end, isn't it like I was gonna go to my wedding? Oh really? Or, I think so. Maybe I've just maybe I've just retrospectively imposed <laughs> narrative order on the on this song. But what um, does what well, does Google say? Well, songfacts.com mm. says, in answer to, is because I got higher true story. Yeah. 
The song is about his experiences with, with marijuana and all the things he couldn't do because he was high. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's very pithy. Re- revelatory. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, actually, did you know that um, it's Method Man? No, sorry, <laughs> what's it called? Afro Man. Yeah, Afro Man well, conceived because I got high as a prequel of sorts to um, Three with Buzz by Steely Dan. Oh, really? As as I'm sure you're going to tell us, Buzz uh, apparently is is slang for marijuana, and so mm. one one reading of the song is that. Uh, Don is is you know giving up the uh, the green uh, ghost, um, and and Afro Man uh, loved that song. It was one mm-hmm. of it, he actually chose it as his Desert Island disc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he got married to it, I think, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was actually it was it was played during the service, and then it was the first dance as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the wake, not the wake, <laughs> the <laughs> the. Um, the reception is that what i mean the after party yeah 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 the, yeah the reception yeah it was just on a loop just through with buzz over and over again anyway he found it very inspiring and he he was trying to to write a prequel that explained how donald fagan got to this point of um renouncing sweet mary jane and so mm. because i got high is about like the descent into uh marijuana addiction that explains sure through with buzz Sure. I mean, well, let's just hold that thought. Yeah. There's a lot more to say about it. Mm. Well, well, and also, who says that uh, Don will agree with you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's a stretch, personally. You think it's, you think what's a stretch? I think that Afro Man misread through with Buzz. Oh, really? I think. Oh, because still, the, come on. Oh. Look, look. The thing is, right? Afro Man was such. A pothead, like he was so obsessed with weed that he thought every, almost every song was about marijuana. Even one, <laughs> even one was as many layers as through with Buzz. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd be. I have to say, it took me. I had to listen to this a good twenty-five times before I even picked up any sort of hint that there might be drug references in in this song. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Particularly the line "drug her all around the world" <laughs> yeah, yeah. through me for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like I say, Afro Man, he sees drug references everywhere. You know, he's so stu- he's so baked all the time that every single he, th- he thought Pretzel Logic was about the munchies. We started using him uh, for percussion and also for piano and fives. Piano and fives. Fives, fives, piano and fives, fives. Tell me your vibe. My vibe is any major douche will tell you. <laughs> okay, um, because yeah. this is uh, this is the the obverse of any major dude will tell you. Any major dude will tell you is a, a lovely, warming, heartwarming tale of putting an arm around the shoulder of a friend who's having a bad time. Mm-hmm. This is. Fagan does positively Fourth Street, you know the Dylan's the famous Dylan song about a broken friendship, kind of kiss off song about a broken friendship. My point is that Through with Buzz is 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 about a you know a broken friendship. It's about giving up on a friend because they take all your money, and heavens above they might be gay, mm-hmm. you know, which apparently is, oh, God, is, is not, about yeah that apparently so apparently that's the pr- that. an appropriate thing to put in a song lyric. Um, 
so yeah it's any major douche will tell you it's like a, a, a spiteful kiss off to a friend you're quite right actually so so you know how many how many tracks have they lasted so that was track three any major dude they're putting the arm around a, a shoulder of a friend one two three four tracks later this is all about some <laughs> unfriendly kiss off to yeah um but but buzz does sound like a bit of a prick to be fair yeah, but again, but but I mean, well, I'm sure we'll come to this. But you know, the thing about him taking Fagan's girl all around the world, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I strongly suspect his projection on Fagan's part. I think it's actually that she didn't like Fagan because he was always <laughs> he was always listening to Sonny Rollins and sneering, <laughs> and she was like, "Fagan, talk to me. Don't you want to know about my day?" And he was just like, you know, just. With his head like scrunched into his shoulders, listening to Whereas jazz Buzz is like, "Come on a world tour with me. Come <laughs> yeah. on, a, come on a cruise around, around the Bahamas and yeah, the Mediterranean yeah. and all the rest of it." And, and Fagan's response to that is, oh, "Drag her, drag her all exactly. over the world." Yeah, yeah. I think that's in keeping with my version of Fagan's personality <laughs> that I've that I've lovingly cultivated yeah, over sure. the past year okay. and a half. Okay. Well, we are getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, that is an interesting take and an interesting nugget. There is something about this song being such a half-formed idea, but such a lush arrangement. Mm. Something really interesting about, like, let's throw all the money at the at the half song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is the most half-formed idea on the whole bloody album, and they've covered it in syrupy strings. Anyway... My vibe is uh, is guided by Fagans. That's the second time you've brought up guided by voices. Well, I have I have very few ideas. What <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you're just like <laughs> this is the epitome of of for me side two of Pretzel Logic, and it's kind of slight sort of again I've mentioned this before as well, but like Abbey Road side two vibe, like. Yeah. Quick, we've got all these short ideas. Let's throw them all together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and it, and it it just it does just remind me of a guided by voices song, not in its instrumentation, mm. where where Dan have clearly gone against their usual grain and, and and covered it in strings, but but in the kind of like the sort of rambling song structure and and obviously its brevity. Yeah. Um, Can I tell you who this reminds me of? Yeah. Above all, bubbles. <laughs> above all mm. and this is a name that has ha, has not come up for a good long while oh no you're not going to say Randy Newman are you John Lennon John Lennon ah. now so John Lennon the last time you mentioned Lennon directly I think was in response to Only a Fool mm. well that was a rejected vibe because only a buzz would say that but that was really weak yeah that's that is. so <laughs> what I'm thinking is that uh, Lennon, my favourite Lennon, because obviously Lennon is a, is Happiness. a multifaceted uh, warm gun artist. Happiness is a warm gun, but also Sexy Sadie, um, I Am The Walrus. All of these songs have like very crabby, stingy, <laughs> chromatic chords. Yeah, okay, sure. A lot, of, a lot of seven, like dominant seven chords, and it's all very like... I'm I'm sort of uh, miming 
like crab claws dancing around one another. Well, yeah, you're, you're miming having like it looks like you've got a serious cramp in your fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vinegary. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, um, and it gives a lot of Lennon's like late '60s stuff has this uh, kind of menacing quality to it. This sort of strung out mm. menacing quality, which I, I I'm all for. I love it, and I think that's what they're channeling here. It's like a lot of the chords in particular. Um, have that windy, crabby, vinegary mm. Lennon thing, and also like you know the oh yeah, whoa 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 bit. I can so imagine John Lennon singing that. Yeah, like to the to the very cadence of it, it sounds to me like you, Lennon. You're, you're absolutely bang on. Thank Didn't you. occur to me. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Happiness as a warm gun is my favourite Beatles song. It is truly wonderful. Um, it's better than anything in the Steely Dan catalogue. But no, now that you've talked about it in reference to that song, I think I think through with Buzz is seeming better and better to me by the by the second. What compared to some of John Lennon's best? Can you late sixties songs? Could you imagine through with Buzz popping up halfway through the second side of uh, the White Album? I can, uh, yeah, and Ringo singing it, for instance. You know, I'm through with Buzz. <laughs> He takes all my money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, I think if I think if this was a Beatles song, it would be raved about. Actually, you should, I know this wasn't what you were intending to do, but you completely. I've elevated it in your song. mind. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. oh, I don't even rate the Beatles that much, but I just, I'm, I've just recontextualized it as a Beatles song, and I think it would get, I would think it would get plenty of plaudits. I agree. I agree. Um, but that just shows that context is all. It just shows that uh, Steely Dan are their highs far surpass anything that the Beatles ever did, at least on an album. I mean, I'm halfway through. through I've done three, two and a half albums, and mm. nothing is as good as the the best of the Beatles. Oh, is that your favourite Beatles album? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the Beatles. I didn't know this about you, but but yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I love them. Um, also, sorry, just while we're on the on the topic, the, the 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 reason I thought of the Lennon connection originally was because of that tune, Glass Onion. Do you know that one? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what are you laughing at before? I, I just I just had a sort of tired daydream as she was speaking. <laughs> And uh, I thought you just noticed something in my you, face that you found no, funny. No, 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 no. I was imagining that you had formed some sort of project, some sort of musical project called the, the Lennon Connection, <laughs> and uh, and you were being interviewed about it. Right. <laughs> so, well, the reason actually I formed the Lennon Connection was uh, <laughs> yeah. The reason well, it came to me was I was listening to Glass Onion. Yeah. It was it was amazing. It, it's hard to describe because it just flew into my head like a like a hummingbird. Yeah, but yeah. Please go on. Yes, <laughs> Glass Onion has the dissonant, crabby chords that I was talking about, and that mm. kind of like yeah, strung out, mean, junky delivery. Mm. Uh, and it has strings, but it's very punchy and like uh, aggressive. Yeah. But it has these these like re- is this really great string part on it. And that was what first led me to form my new supergroup, the Lennon Connection. Well, it's like I mean, I, I have very few Beatles. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. There's, I have very few kind of Beatles reference points because I've never bothered with them really. But 
there is something in the arrangement of the strings in this, and the mm. arrangement of the strings is something like Ellen Rigby, where they they use a new as a, as an unusually upfront instrument. You know. Yeah. Um, I do like I do like the strings on this. They're kind of playing lead. Yeah. In in in, in a Beatlesy way. I don't know how I missed it to be honest. Um, you mm. made me feel very silly. <laughs> well, that, that wasn't my intention. It was very more, small. It was, it was more just to get the conversation going. <laughs> Um, but do you know who else this reminds me of, Ollie? Tell me. A talent greater even than John Lennon. Oh, God, don't say Randy Newman. Randy Newman. Oh, for fuck's so, sake, man. Oh. I remember when he stole my girl. Like, imagine it like, I remember when he stole my girl. <laughs> I, I can't do a very good Randy Newman oh, impression. Man, man. Stole my you know, girl. You know I'm cool. Yes, I you know feel, all, feel all right. <laughs> Like it's pure, pure Newman. That line, the um, you know, I'm cool. Yes, I feel all right. Could be from a Randy Newman song. And also, what does Randy Newman do so so well? Oh, I can't even be bothered to say it, Andrew. I'm so sick of talking about Randy Newman. Please, please tell me all about Randy Newman. The strings. Oh, I thought you were going to say he inhabits the character. <laughs> so, yeah, he inhabits the character so fully. <laughs> And, and 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 in doing so, he creates a sort of uh, an irony which can be both accessed <laughs> and viewed from a distance. I mean, I, I just have to say, listening back to our episodes, it, it's our only point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not even that um, like nuanced because <laughs> I would say Randy Newman's uh, songwriting is is very varied. But whenever we talk about Randy Newman, it's just like. Oh yeah, no, he does these characters. Sometimes he pretends to be racist, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he creates these characters, and then you're like, "Is he the character, <laughs> or is it, or is it him?" Oh, those <laughs> like two, yeah, like two off. thickos. <laughs> um, I, I yes, I think that I think I think I agree with everything you said. Yeah, I would like to know. Um, mm, mm, so Steely mm, Dan have, have spoken of having uh, uh, of having classical influences. They they like classical music. I oh, yeah. mentioned Stravinsky. I, I know for one, and I, I'm pretty sure they didn't orchestrate. They didn't write the string arrangement. Mm. Um, but you know they 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 signed it off at, at the very least. Now I don't want to. I <laughs> I don't know very much about classical music. I don't no. know very much about anything. It's increasingly <laughs> becoming clear to to the listeners. Um. I assume you do because of your voice and, and general demeanour. <laughs> just my uh, my manner. Do, do you, I'm just curious to know: Do you have any? Do you notice any classical touch points in in this? No, not at all. No, pure Beatles, pure thread from from Beatles baroque pop to to this number. That was what I that that was where my mind went. Yeah, but um, yeah, it doesn't remind me of anything in in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question about the music, Ollie. Go. At the end, there's a sound, and it sounds a bit like a cow sighing. <laughs> it's the yeah. It goes like like that. Hmm. What is it? I don't know. It's like um, it's like it's like the kraken waking. It does. It sounds. It sounds like a low fart from another room. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but but pitch shifted down. 
Yeah, no, you're quite right. It's all, it's almost like someone, yeah, it's like someone blowing the lowest note on a tuba or something. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, good point. I, I mean, I, I do have a point to make about the end. Great. Which is, related, which is related to what I was saying earlier about how they've kind of chosen the, the shortest, slightest song to drown in strings. Yeah. And I wondered if that was a bit of a sort of, that's a bit of like their contrary humour coming out. Mm. Like, let's put this song on, which neither of us rate very much, kind of doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> has, has like verses which consist of six words mm. and and lavish it with strings and, you know, uh, and pay for an arranger and, and, and get the strings in and record them and all the rest of it. But then when it comes to the end, the, the strings, the string arrangement itself kind of notably just kind of peters out. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't it like, feels consciously like a noticed fairly, that, but yeah, that is true. It feels like a fairly deliberate way. Like, so it's almost kind of acknowledging its own slightness or acknowledging its own, like, <laughs> the futility of its own endeavour. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, wow. Uh, yeah. That's some Radio know. Three shit there. The the, <laughs> the string section contains the futility of its own endeavour. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know what I mean. I don't, I just wonder. I just wonder. Basically, is what I'm saying. If Becker and Fagan found it funny, just mm. would they thought it would be funny to to do this with this song? Well, I feel that I mean this is this is uh crossing over into the lyric section, but I, I I feel that this song is an unfunny funny song. You know what I mean? It's kind of got the cadence of a joke. Mm. But it's not funny. <laughs> like nothing in this song is at all humorous, but it sort of has like a yeah, like the intonation or the cadence of uh, humor. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? This is this is it. It's all it's all kind of half there. Everything about it is kind of half there, isn't it? Apart from the string arrangement, which I think is really good. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it doesn't quite know the point it what it wants to make. It doesn't quite know the structure it wants to solidify. Look, I have nothing um no clever preamble prepared mm-hmm. for this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play pretend that there's some yeah, ingenious idea okay. here. Um what I've done is a cover of Through with Buzz mm-hmm. through a buzzer. So <laughs> Go on explain. Well what what is there to explain? Oh like a door buzzer. It's a buzzer. So it's through with buzz but through a buzz uh mm-hmm. do you see? No, I get the concept. Would you like to hear it? Not really. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's it's winged its way to you in the chat. Have a have a listen. Okay, here we go. The ending was great. The ending was powerful. I had to, I had to do something. It sounds, it sounds like something. It sounds like a kind of ZX Spectrum game. That's what it sounds like. Mm. Well, you know, but that, but that, but that thing where it's like, you know, like there's, 
at the end it's of the song of there's tune. like a well very out of tune no, no there's like God. a swell ending the tune mm. I feel like there's mm-hmm. something I was listening to recently that does that um, that was um, initially deeply unpleasant and then as it wore on I became charmed I wasn't trying to make anything pleasant or charming I was just—I was trying to make something to a deadline. Um, my my main but, issue though is I couldn't hear any of the melody of uh, Through with Buzz. No, it's it's there. It is okay. Can you talk it's me? There. Can you talk us through it, your method? It's out of tune and it's and it's in the highs. Mm-hmm. Talk you through the method. Yeah, what was your well, methodology for, well, that, for creating that would, this? That cover? would ruin. That would ruin the magic, wouldn't it? That would ruin the magic. Okay. <laughs> well. It's, it's been it's been a pleasure listening to your show and tell this what, week. What I'd like you to imagine mm. is that I is that I rigged some kind of system through a, a genuine buzzer, but I didn't. I just used a I just used a sample of a buzzer. Yeah, I th- yeah, I thought as much. I wasn't imagining okay, you uh, in, in some fucking like. Well, I had grand ideas like oh oh maybe I could, you know, just just based on this one idea of buzz and buzzer and buzzing buzzing things mm. things buzz. And you know, I did. I did this before a gig yesterday. I had a gig to play, mm-hmm. and I had to knock something together. This is all I could do. Uh, it's a sample of a buzzer. <laughs> yeah, one note at a time. Yeah, to imitate what the capability of a buzzer. Yeah, um, take that home. Stick it on your iPod. Mm. Somehow we we got into writing these like vaguely sadomasochistic. Uh, lyrics um not that either of us were really involved in anything like that but it, it, it just it, it seemed like uh, fresh material you know yeah lyric time let's talk lyrics let's talk lyrics do you want, do you want me to tell you what i've got for my notes for this section <laughs> yeah i have a feeling it's going to be uh, on the slender side so this is all i have big letters mm. Capital letters. Obvious reading, colon, drugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> you see, I didn't get that uh, for the first few um, listens. Are you for real? I'm I'm pure for real, bro. <laughs> I'm for real, Okay, I'm talk, pro, yeah. talk, talk me through your... Uh, your <laughs> talk you through your process as you listen to this song, then. Okay, bro. So, basically what happened was... Oh, um, <laughs> I'm a li- I I this is not me being self-deprecating. I am a literal-minded person, mm-hmm. and I do not reach readily for metaphors. So if if I watch a film and then somebody's like, "Oh, it was all a metaphor for the Korean War," I'm like, "Fuck that!" I don't, it just just no, it wasn't. It was about a guy who ran a snooker club, and his wife was rubbish or whatever. You know, like let's stick to let's stick to reality. So I was listening to the song. I was just like, "Okay, Donald Fagan with his very high standards." Uh, has decided that Buzz is a leech. He's a sponge. He's a sponge man. He's got no sense of humour. Uh, he potentially has shacked up with Fagin's ex, uh, and he might be gay. And so, for all those reasons, Fagin is like, "Fuck this guy." Yeah. And I've never heard of Buzz as a because you know I'm a very clean living, straight jacketed. No, not straight jacketed, straight laced, sort of Puritan. Like I'm wearing a tricorn hat right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a hair shirt. And um, so I, I, I was not aware that uh, buzz was marijuana. I've heard of like well, getting your buzz on or like having a bit of a buzz, 
bro, you know. But um, I've never, I've never been in a in a in a weed smoking scenario where anybody said, "Oh, do you fancy some buzz?" <laughs> I, I was, I'm so tired that you were just going as you were going, get your buzz on and all this stuff. I was just going. It wasn't it. Wasn't it a strange coincidence that I did a cover with a buzzer? <laughs> <laughs> wow, what's happened? I'm really, I'm really messed up in the head. I'm really, I'm really sleepy. Um, I'd, I'd mm. forgotten all. I'd for, <laughs> basically forgot everything up to that point. Um, uh, it's going to give a good, a good energy to the episode, I'm sure. I, I think. <laughs> okay, I don't think I've never heard buzz specifically as a term for marijuana. No, but people do talk about. I think more in the states, they talk about getting a buzz, don't they? Yeah, they do. We don't really, do. we don't really say that in this country. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll get, they'll have a few drinks, and I'll say, "Are you feeling buzzed?" Mm. Mm-hmm. We don't say that. We say, "You, you feel a bit pissed." Yeah, we say, "Wow, you look a mess." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then encourage relentless drinking, nonetheless. Um, yeah, it's a sick culture. So, but my question but, is, gone. But I knew it. I knew. I knew the American buzz. They love buzz. They love it as a word for feeling thingy. Yeah, it's not worth interrupting you to make that point. But I think the drug references in this song are extremely obvious. Well, but it falls apart on the last verse. What in, whole... in what sense is a drug like a fairy? Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't answer that question. Mm. Okay, let's go through it. He takes all my money. I spend all my money on drugs. He's not very funny because I end up mashed in a K hole. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he stole my girl. You know, the girl. The girl has um, is tired of looking at Fagan drooling on the sofa. You know, having honked on a bong. He, but he thinks he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's cool. He's like, you know, I'm cool. Yes, I feel all right, except when I'm in my room and it's late at night. Because he uh, is off his off his face on uh, on crack. Um, can I just say I don't think I, I disagree with your reading of. I remember when he stole my girl. I think that the that that his girlfriend could have got addicted. Mm. To, oh yes, 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 to the stuff and spun out or died or whatever. Yeah, because again, it's followed by. The the uh, the line drug her all around the world. Now they could have used the the normal ver- form of the verb drag there, couldn't they? Past tense is dragged. Yeah, I speak English. Yeah, dragged her all around the world, and yet they chose to use this strange form. Mm. Drug her all around the world. Yeah. Now, can I can I pause before we get to the problematic line yet again? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just because this is a good point to say, they've made a very obvious choice in their use of the word drug her all around the world, <laughs> yeah. haven't they? Yeah, but I thought that was just Fagan mispronouncing dragged. It didn't register well, for the first few times I listened to it. Well, you would think that that was the... I, I see that as a pretty big clue mm. that this is a drug song. Mm. Okay, now listen to this exegesis from the author, from, from Fagan, which I'm going to read in full. Okay, can you do it in your Fagan voice? Was more... Through with Buzz was just more or less a platonic relationship between two young people. There's nothing really sexual about it until one of the young people in the relationship realises he's being used and starts having paranoid fantasies and breaks off the relationship. There's no symbolism or anything. 
we never use puns. It's a <laughs> it's a very saccharine sounding track with a very cynical lyric. Yeah. We often do that for an ironic purpose, that is, to juxtapose a rather bitter lyric against rather sweet music. Okay, Fagin is fucking with us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't, I, I'm sure Fagin is fucking with us. I can't work out in which order we've been fucked with. Okay. Right. So, did they write a drug song and then they think it's really funny to go into interviews and go, What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. There's no drug, this song is not about drugs at all. We don't use metaphor, we don't use puns, mm. um, or whatever. Despite fucking using the the word dr- the phrase "drug her" all around the world, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Or did they write a song genuinely meaning it to be about a platonic relationship between two young people, and then peppered it with drug references because they thought it would be funny for everyone to read to read it as a drug song? You see, that that makes that more sense to me. Yeah, that they that they were like ha ha ha. Let's write a really straight song, but then throw in all these drugs. Because there's no way they could have wrote this and not been aware that they were drugging it up. Yeah. It was probably originally Lexically called, speaking. like, Through with Guz. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, they were yeah. like, oh, but maybe we could, uh, you know, appear a little beatnik, a little countercultural, yeah. throw in some drug yeah. references. I think it's very boring as an instinct, by the way. I think this uh, whole, a, this whole uh, thing... As a lyric... Just the the, the, the the Dan thing of, uh, you know, like like in, in that interview where he says, oh, we just love juxtaposing bitter lyrics with sweet music or whatever. I'm like, it's so fucking boring. Like, as a... The, the, the lyric isn't sweet, though, I wouldn't huh? say. No, no, bitter lyrics against sweet music. No, but this is what he's saying. He's saying it's a very saccharine-sounding track. I disagree with Fagan on that point. It's not a saccharine-sounding track. Sure, it's... I, I think I described the, sing, the strings as syrupy, but it's got all those wonky chords. Um, yeah, but it's not. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is there's a there's a, a, a tendency for them to drop in these like druggy fringe beat references, and I just think it's boring. Like it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't excite me at all. I just find it really, really tedious, and I wish they'd stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're fascinated with the seedier side of life, which they themselves have never experienced. I would. I, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say what was going to be tedious was this idea of Becker and Fagan as like the uh, the self pleasing pranksters. That's also tedious, yeah. But to be fair, on that point, we, we have bestowed them with that title. They've never really. But it, confirmed. but but, but th- that interview quote confirms what I was attempting to say earlier about how it's like a non funny funny song. It's like. The the Steely Dan sense of humour is kind of like they're pranking you or they're clowning you. But that's not it's not funny. Like this is not a funny song. Like they've never made me nothing that any steel there's, there's been no Steely Dan lyric. I don't know why I'm getting so cross about this. But there's been no Steely Dan lyric so far or a Steely Dan song that has made me laugh. Because it's always fucking high concept bullshit, you know. I, I think it's more I think it's more do you get a um, do you feel a sense of satisfaction for being in on the joke? No, of something. No, I don't. Well, I find it irritating. Well, I, well, I sometimes do. <laughs> right. You know, and it's the whole reason people like absolute wank, like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Mm, that is absolute um, wank, isn't it? I'm glad yeah. you said that <laughs> because people do like it. People that I, res- I know, people that I respect, like it. 
And it is shit. <laughs> I'm so glad we could agree about something. It's a that's a I don't know where that came from. It's very left field, but um <laughs> Do you want to explain to the stateside listeners what Garth Marenghi's dark place is? I'm not even, I'm not sure I even know what it is. It's a cult UK comedy. Yeah. And not cult UK comedy like Monty Python is cult UK comedy. Cult UK comedy like nobody fucking watched it. <clears throat> yeah. And certain kinds of self-satisfied student exactly that had, had it on dvd <laughs> yeah. and they were like wow isn't it impressive how they're lampooning uh, sci-fi tropes or whatever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. absolute um, bullshit anyway <clears throat> i i, I realise i've just skewered my own point by ragging on dark place i <laughs> I, I like it when the damn do it As yeah but that's because you, but that's because you're fully hold in the, the audience joke. captive yeah, well, I guess this is, but this is a, this is part of the process, isn't it? Of of bedanning yourself mm. and 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 sort of scratching beyond, scratching beneath the surface, and it being one of those bands where you have to kind of do that, like Dylan, like we've said endlessly. It's one of those. Dylan things. isn't like that though. Yeah, I think it is, and you have to <laughs> no, kind of, you have to spend time no, no, with it. No, 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 don't just coast on. Part of that is kind of is kind of getting in with the humor of Dan and and feeling that you're gradually being let in on the joke as you so go. what's a funny what makes you laugh when you listen to uh steely dan i don't th- uh, uh, oh i tell you okay there's a lyric <laughs> okay there's very few um there's very few like laugh out loud lyrics but i know i don't think they're ever really about that they were you know the dan are kind of serious but they were making each other laugh the whole the whole process of, of lyric writing for them was making each other laugh but at the end of the day probably making a serious point just having all these like little in jokes and whatever. Yeah, but the serious point being like, oh, isn't it interesting that there are drug addicts in the world? Okay, or like, has it ever anyway. occurred to you that there are sex workers? Wow, you well, you blow my well, fucking mind. Well, listen, I don't think I don't think anyone's going to claim that through his buzz through with buzz is their greatest moment lyrically or otherwise. Anyway, um, my point was going to be: is the laugh out loud funny Dan lyrics? Yes, the last song on the last album. <laughs> <laughs> They finally come through. I, I so you've got a long way to go, mm. but there is a genuinely like hilarious opening line to that song. What is it? I think I'm not going to tell you now. No, please, you're going to have to fucking wait for it. No way, no way. Am I going to tell you? <laughs> I mean, you could just look it up, but you wouldn't do that. I know that you respect the format. Too I much, do, too. I do. I'm too much of a weakling. <laughs> um, I guess. I just I find it annoying. I find the whole Demimond thing, the like uh, strangers in the night, you know, sex and drug stuff. It's like if you're going to write about it, at least inhabit it with some humanity and uh, detail, rather than just writing boring lyrics but then peppering them with you know like drug references. I'm getting bored by my own rancor, <laughs> and I can't be asked to argue you back because do, do, do you know what we've seen this before, Andrew? Mm. You, you may not see it, but me and the listeners hear it, which is, you go through this process with every ste- single Steely Dan album, which is, like, there's a few songs at the start that you really like, and then it gets to a little bit of a mid-album slump, and you get really angry at them, yeah. and then they, they usually end with something that you quite enjoy again. Yeah, um, and then the, the whirly gig of time just keeps, yeah. keeps spinning forever. So, um... But every time you ba- you have this battle with yourself, you- you're doing it with a little bit more information, a little bit more context. So 
Mm. Um, well, one thing I did want to say is that uh, Fagan's voice no longer registers as a, a peculiar voice. Like I think the, the, the Chinese drip torture of this podcast experience mm. has inured me entirely to Fagan's voice. So I'd like, love to hear that. It doesn't bother me anymore, whereas the first album particularly, I found it really upsetting. So what I'm trying to distract from is mm. uh, is talking about the is talking about the fully problematic lyric, which I, I don't have an answer for. Well, okay, and let's I, I try and really uh, want to engage with. Well, the, the the surface reading is is clearly homophobic. Do you want, do you want say, say it just to just to have it? So, <laughs> so that, I, so that I'm saying about. the slur. Yeah, please. Maybe he's a fairy. Maybe he's a fairy. Yeah, and as we know. Fairy is old timey slang for a homosexual, and I hate the term fairy because it's kind of like it's not as outright offensive as some homophobic slurs, but it's kind of it almost has like plausible deniability. Mm. Like, yeah, he's a fairy, you know, he's a kind of he's a bit uh, skittish and uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, a little, sure, a little sure, bit sure. feminine. He's got little little tappy shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the subtext is, and he's disgusting because he wants to have sex with other men. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. I just hate it as a term. And so I think, yeah, I don't know why they let it in unless they have some uh, deep-seated views on on gay people. I mean, um, uh, uh, look, I'm <laughs> I'm not going to defend this line in any way. Um, I think it's a stupid line. Mm. Um, I uh, to put it in the context of the song to try and make it make sense in the context of the song. He's just been complaining about about Buzz stealing his girl and and taking her on a once in a lifetime trip around the globe. Yeah, um, and then the next, you know, the next part of the song is calling him a, a, a fairy. Yeah, it could just be you know the pointing to the incoher- incoherent thought processes of this um, of this character. Well, let's be let's you know let's put it on the table. If this was a Randy Newman song. I would give him the benefit of the doubt mm. because I'm a Newman slut. Mm. I love riding that Randy, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'll forgive him anything, you know. Um, but I just, I, I do because I, I, if this I, was a Newman song, mm. sorry to, I, I mean, I, I hate myself for, for jumping on board the Newman train yet again. Because uh. we really need to find some some different references. Hey, I, I, I brought John Lennon into it. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. I think I think Newman would have given more clues to um, his character's yeah. real thoughts yeah. if he was writing this. He wouldn't have just dropped in. Maybe he's a fairy. Yeah. Halfway through a song with with nothing to with no other clues as to its irony or to the character's true thoughts or, you know. Yeah. Well, he's um, a, he's a good lyricist. What yeah. character? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. It, it's it's um, completely unnecessary and kind of stupid. I do think they get mature more mature with stuff like this mm. as it goes on. Well, but it's a very swinging beginning of the end. It's a hard grooving, hard rocking beginning of the end, you know. And I think that 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 matters as much as anything, don't you? If we're gonna go, let's let's go out rocking. That's Apocal- what I say. Apocalypse! Wow. Should we um, should we should we get get Brian? Oh, I forgot about Brian. Yeah, let's get Brian. Brian will sweeten this pudding. Yeah. Do we need to uh, synopsify um, the story so far? That's a good question. Uh, Do we need? I mean, in a in a in a kind of 
adjunct question, if that's what I mean, a related question. Do we need to, as a species, come up with a verb from the word uh, synopsis? Uh, synopsize? Is that, a, is that a word? I don't know, but I mean like synops sounds quite cool. Like, can Ooh. you just, uh, Oliver, can you just synops the story so far? That sounds quite cool, doesn't it? I like it, yeah. Mm. Okay, synops. Let's synops, right? Victor is an angry drunk man. He's not particularly angry. He's in a field. He's drunk. He's he's working on a proposal which involves Fruit Loops. Mm-hmm. Okay, his friend is describing the scene. He's he's the he's the the, the lyric eye, <laughs> yeah. as you like to say. <laughs> I do like um, to say that, yeah. Uh, and he is, um, and he's just been basically observing his mate. His mates and sort of describing the scene in very lovely language mm. across a few chapters. Um, We've learnt, yeah, we've learnt Victor's drunk. We, we've learnt that his girlfriend or or wannabe girlfriend that he's doing the proposal for has cheated on him. Um, we've learnt that he's bigger. Did I say this? He's yeah. bigger than than the narrator. That was the cliffhanger last episode. That was the cliffhanger. Yeah. So let's see where that goes. Okay. So if you could just press play on your Brian as I do, and we'll listen in tandem. Three, two, one, Brian. Two against the natural grass of a high school football field. Part 5. Through with Buzz. Victor is just standing there, breathing heavily. He's staring out at the field into a blackness containing vague shapes of hope and glory and high school innocence. When he turns around in the orange light, I think I can see that he's been crying. His cheeks might be wet, but it's hard to see. I remember when he stole my girl, Charlie, he says to me. I put my phone back in my pocket. What I'm about to do might be the dumbest thing I've ever done, but I feel the impulse and decide to run with it, even though Victor's drunk, even though I may be jeopardizing everything. I think you need to know something about me before you do this, I say. Victor gives a sad smile. His red hair is fluttering in the breeze and he is suddenly as human as I've ever seen him. And now he's let go of the fertilizer spreader. You've always been a good friend to me, Charlie. I know you're just looking out for me, but I need to do this. I'm a better man when I'm doing things for Katie. She brings out the best in me. I shake my head. She really, really doesn't. He heads to the field, but not with the spreader. The fruit loops sit idle as Victor walks onto the track. I see him begin to climb the scaffold that Jim and the other drum majors used to conduct the band. I call after him. Vic, I think it's time you knew something. I'm not the friend you think I am. (gasps) Oh, I mean, Ollie, let me be plain. I'm on my fourth can of Grosh. (laughs) And I found that genuinely quite affecting. Really? Yeah. It was just the, you know, the, 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 the vividness of imagining Victor in the darkness, like the vague shapes of hope and glory, and then the moment of reconnection with his friend, and then the possibility that the friend has betrayed him in some way, perhaps. Oh, all of human life is there. As I said last time, that is the longest chapter. I also think it's the, it's the most beautiful chapter mm. of, of Brian's work. I, I got, um, I got again, goosebumps. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's wonderful, mm-hmm. isn't it? But he's um yeah, you'll see uh, uh, he's he's incorporated the lyric masterfully as well. 
I remember when he stole my girl. Oh, Brian. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brian. Mm-hmm. You lovely genius. Have you noticed as well that one that, that now we've we've learned the name of uh, Charlie of, of the lyric I Charlie Charlie Freak. There's a song coming up called Charlie. He's he's thought about this. He has. He's very good. Uh, I loved that. I thought that was really good. And also, he is very good at keeping us hooked. He's very yeah. Because I I yeah. gasped. I don't know whether you whether you this, heard, this but I, a, I did gasp. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's it's a classic serialization in miniature form, isn't it? Yeah. This is you know the Dickens. This is David Copperfield. Slam or scam. Andrew, it's time for you to share your verdict about this pickle of a song. Is it a delicious pickle or is it a rancid onion <laughs> left out on a on under a heat lamp in a pub for far too long? I mean, I would eat that. You <laughs> yes. know me. I would yes. eat that. You love the you love anything I would fermented. Eat, I would eat that squealing as I went. Would, would you? <laughs> Uh, hog wild. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to hear your verdict on. No, actually, I, you always, you often go first. Yeah, you go first. You go first. I'll go first. Um, which is that I think this song is a royal slam. Okay. You're you're licking your lips. <laughs> I'm licking my lips because I've got really dry lips. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it was in a kind of like. Uh, oh, I bet well, you. I bet you didn't I... think I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it probably came across like that. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, this song is um, it's it's too unusual and too strange. Uh, I know that's the synonyms, um, <laughs> and it's too it's, just, it's it's simply more bizarre than it should be. <laughs> uh, it's it's just such an anomaly in the catalogue and an enjoyable anomaly. I enjoy the fact that this fucking weird one minute thirty song slaps up in the middle of their so called pop album. Yeah, and and does it string laden thing? Um, is it a is it like a great success? No, but I think yeah. We, we, uh, what else could you do with a minute and thirty? I think they've done a, I think they've done quite a lot with a minute and thirty, and I know I've been down on it because it is it is a half song and it is a half idea and it is a half lyric, but just for sheer ballsiness and weirdness of of the move to stick it where it is, I just think is is quite good. Mm. So that's me. I'm a, I'm a slam. How about you? Go on. I'm going to say that this song, Through With Buzz by Steely Dan, is a soft slam. Oh, really? Yeah, a soft slam, because I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to listen to it. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Just want to go to bed. <laughs> okay, you've got... Okay, tell me in 12 words. Okay. Uh, not boringly done. <laughs> yeah. Shades of Lennon... And Randy keeps this boy happy. (laughs) One day, these questions will be answered in a splendid exegesis. The the journey that I've been on with this album is kind of similar to the journey of an average day. Because I'm a bit of a night owl. Mm. I, uh, I basically, you know, my mind starts functioning at about like... 11 a.m. Then it immediately gets very, very tired, 2 to 5. Then, like, Mm. 5 to 9. Not even that. Like, 6 onwards, I wake up again, basically. Mm. So I'm hoping that's what's going to happen with Pretzel Logic, because 
Ricky Don't Lose That Number was, and Night by Night was kind of like, I've just awoken from fitful sleep. I'm rubbing my eyes. I'm trying to get my bearings in this new strange world. Album. Yeah. Yeah. Then lunchtime happens and it's um, Any Major Do Will Tell You. I'm having a ploughman's. Sparkly. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful ploughman's lunch in front of me. The sun is out. You know, my mind is finally uh, functioning. Mm. Now I just feel we're in the the (laughs) post-lunch... Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's strange, isn't it? It's a strange noise. <laughs> Just in case we cut cut one bit but leave the other, will you explain what that was again? It's, it's sort of like the wind going through... My bowels. <laughs> <laughs> it's either going through a floorboard or a door or something, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely mental. again recording this at 11 o'clock at night the day before it goes live so I'm very tired and I'll keep it brief I did think of another possible reading of the song which is that it's uh, it's about a male couple two men um, and one of them's in denial maybe don't know there's a bone to chew on um, in the meantime give us a like Give us a subscribe, give us a Patreon, give us anything. Send us a nice email, whatever you like. Thank you for listening, as ever, and have a great week. What a welcome. Just uh, grolshing up. ASMR. And I watch the bubbles as they rise to the top of the glass. I hate this. Each one winking and popping like a little balloon. Oh god, this is is like serial killer (laughs) shit. A little life that goes pop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dead. Oh, dead. (laughs) (laughs) So easily snuffed. (laughs) Yeah.